Hi, and welcome to Wasted Takes, episode 100. We've done it, boys. Made it 100 down. It's been rocky along the way. We lost sports for half of it. Uh, sports have come back. We've all been here 100 weeks. I think probably 99 for a couple of us, but 100 weeks. Uh, we've done it. Here's to 100 more. Um, I'm Trey, joined as always by Cam Tucker and Dylan, how are we feeling on our hundredth episode, gentlemen? You just spilled champagne better. everywhere. Tucker's got champagne in the stew, popped it, dumped it everywhere, but we love it. <laughs> it is certainly a celebration. All right, I'm feeling great. I got my dollar fifty nine cent tall boy, eight point one percent. Let me just ask, boys. That's efficiency. Did you ever? Did you ever think we'd get here? No, probably not. No. I was expecting about ten episodes. Yeah, maybe. I was yeah, thinking no, ten. I, I thought this was gonna die out very quickly. Well, we're still let's here. Go, let's go. Let's go back to the beginning here for a little bit. And just <clears> talked <throat> about how this came up, just for our uh, listeners to understand the backstory. We were in a group chat. We're still in that same group chat. And Trey and Dylan, I believe, actually made a website. We did. Oh, I completely forgot about the website. <laughs> oh, I still oh, go read it. College. If I'm bored, I'll read it. You were in college. Yeah. It was junior year in, in the summer. And they were roommates. You know? And, uh, yeah, we, we created a, a website. And then posted articles for about a week and a half, and the website was called Wasted Takes. It was a great name. Dylan gets 100% credit on the name. But yeah, made a, made a website, website, wrote about 10 articles. Um, it was during the McGregor fight, the McGregor-Mayweather yeah. fight. So there were like two two articles on that. and uh, They're pretty funny. If you go back and read them, they're pretty funny. I think I, think I wrote well. The man, the man catches a fish in his bed in his living room? Yep. I did one on Rajai Davis as, as a member of the Red Sox, which was weird. Um, I think I think I can take credit for I think I can take credit for the idea of making it into a podcast and actually setting up the RSS. Yep, I, w- I would give that to you, <clears throat> Tucker. What did you contribute? Nothing. I think I'm still paying for the RSS for like eight I months. Think he's just the one that. The only person that responded in the group chat. Yeah, no, I think that was that. that like, like, who wants to do a podcast? I'm come down. And that was basically my contribution. <laughs> oh, and I provided the first studio. True, true. Heritage, oh, yeah. The Heritage House, which has since been sold, was a integral part of this podcast for the first 100 episodes. Hopefully the and next... Then up, and then upstairs in the office. Yep. I had the take chain. That used to hang off that dummy. The take chain. The take chain I would put on. Um, Frank. Frank had the take chain. He wore it for the week, and I'm coming and take it from him. But, yeah. Uh, the next 100, hopefully sponsored by 101. Got to get that deal done. Um, all right. Well. Let's... And we still need to make stickers. 100 episodes later. We do need stickers. Still, we had merch for like a things. second, right? Are we still part of that lunch table thing? That was weird. It's been a wild ride if you actually go back and think about it. 
Oh they yeah. Could, they couldn't hang. Hey. Yeah, no. I mean, we we we're st- we're still here. Uh, to quote the great Tom Brady, we're still here, and uh, we're not going anywhere. So let's get into it. Episode one hundred. We'll have more nostalgia and history of the show later on if you want to stay tuned if you're a new listener. But um, for losers, winners and losers, the only winner I had, I mean, loser I had was myself. Um, obviously, last week, missed part of the episode. That was huge. I did listen back. Cam, you did an excellent job, so I'll give you a winner there as a host. Um, and I had, I had said to Cam that I'm super open to, you know, if you guys want to rotate the facilitator every now and then. You know, if we want to do one week, it's one guy. One week, it's the next guy. I'm totally down to do that. I think I've talked too much. Um, but... Uh, loser, I have myself again. I was incredibly sick this week, like deathbed ill. I don't know what it was, a really bad cold. Couldn't talk for like three or four days, so we're recording late here this week. But it allows us to get, you know, deeper into the takes, I think. So um, does anybody else have winners and losers based on any takes or anything? No, just the, just the uh, polls, I think. So the polls. So, again, I slacked last week. I did not do a poll. Did both this week. Um, in the poll from two weeks ago, Cam is our winner with his uh, take that Cam Newton should be uh, should be a whatever, is going to lead no. to a playoff. So here's the thing, and I'm not complaining. I said originally he's going to lead the Panthers to a playoff win. And then I recanted, and I said, you know what? It's wasted enough just to say that he's going to lead into the playoffs. And Trey still posted that he's going to get a playoff win, but I'll take it. Do you want to cancel the point? We can cancel the point if you want. No, absolutely not. I do have another loser, though. I believe Tucker was loser again and didn't do his challenge again. Yeah, Tucker has not done a challenge. Um, We're just going to dock him one point. We'll dock him one point. I mean, it's been two weeks, three weeks now, I think, but we'll dock him one point. Um, Tucker, why don't you want to eat saltines? Cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> our loser for that poll was Tucker again. So Tucker still waiting on the saltine thing. Got to do that. So this previous week. Three weeks. Or this previous week, I don't even have to be here to win take of the week, but. I put in a take, and it is take of the week. I win a point. I take the lead, 15 to 14 to 10 for Cam after his point to now three for Tucker. Um, So, and I know you guys, uh, it was a pander pick, blah, blah, blah. Listen, I was strapped for time. I couldn't come up with a take, and it's a wasted take. You know what would have been a soft take? Patriots win the AFC East. Yeah, that's entirely possible, but to get the one seed, they need a lot to go their way. So I think it's it's a wasted enough take. And I, I, don't, I don't see why I was getting so much hate on this podcast. And Tucker, I, I was there for you, Trey. And Tucker also saying that I just, I, I curse the Patriots. Not true whatsoever. Every year they won the Super Bowl, I have expected them to win the Super Bowl. So, just saying. Okay. Our loser for that week was Cam. So, Cam, you are up for another punishment. So, we got to decide what that's going to be. All right. Maybe I'll, I'll figure something. Maybe listen back to uh, the first episode and, and write a one-page paper about it. <laughs> I mean, I still have... I kind of like that. Pros, pros and cons, uh, summarizing the events. 
way too much we work. Out, not gonna lie. And I can't, I can't post a video of me writing a paper unless I just fast forward. You just gotta read it. No, read you just it. post you the paper. Just read the paper. You just post the paper. All right, it's not out of the question. <laughs> okay. I just want to throw that out because we're in the theme. You know, we're in the hundredth episode. We're in the theme of looking back on our our past. It could be a good one. Um. All right. So, like I said, scores stand at fifteen. Me, fourteen. Dylan, Cam, ten. Tucker, three. Tucker, you still have to eat saltines. I don't know why it's taking you this long, but <laughs> you've lost like two points now based based on this. Two great big, points. Big you are cracker guy too. I don't get it. Yeah, loves crackers. Puts them in his ba- best chips ever. Crackers doesn't eat them though. Um. All right. Wasted takes. Um, Cam and I have similar takes. So, uh, Cam, why don't you lead off, and I'll I'll follow suit behind you. All right. Yeah, me and Trey did talk earlier, and he informed me that he had a Giants take. And I was like, oh, so do I. Is yours a Giants quarterback take? And he was like, yes, it is. So I did have to tell him my take just to make sure we didn't uh, have the same one. But we do not. And here I go. So let's go to the current QB situation in New York. Daniel Jones, uh, every single year, Unfortunately, he's improved. And the fact that he still isn't winning with any sort of consistency, I mean, our record has been losing every single year. It doesn't matter what the actual record is, we're losing. So I feel like it has to be his last year. He's got to go. Jason Garrett is gone. Gettleman's soon to be gone. I read something that it's it's close to being his last year. So I think it's time for the Giants to try to find somebody that can get them back together for the next five years or so. And there's one guy that, that's been popping out to me, and that's Russell Wilson. He's in a very bad situation. They made the playoffs last year with a terrible team, and he was leading them. And this year, they're not going to make the playoffs. He's been good, but he has no time. Terrible line. Bobby Wagner's the only guy that can do anything on that defense. And I think it's time for him to leave. And it's either going to be Pete Carroll leaves or Russell Wilson leaves. A lot of people are saying it's going to be Pete Carroll just because Russell's kind of better, I guess. And I agree with that. But I think Russell wants out, too. He doesn't have a future there. They peaked. And I think he needs to go somewhere that has some sort of fit team. And I'm not saying the Giants are perfect, but we're up and coming. We got a lot of guys, a lot of guys out for injuries this year. Moral of the story, I guess, sorry, I'm taking a while, is Russell's going to the Giants next year. He's dating Sierra. Sierra hates Seattle. Definitely doesn't like the rain. Messes up her hair. So, Russell Wilson to the Giants next year won't make anything outside of that for Russell to the Giants. I like this take, Cam. Like I said, I also have a Giants take, so I don't want to go too in-depth on it. But I do think from the Russell Wilson side of it, um, I was thinking this week, he he needs to get out of there. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, The Seahawks are done. They got to have a hard reset. It seems like for the past couple years, they've just been slipping further and further back. 
to where they, they want to be. Um, I haven't even thought about a co- coaching change, but, you know, I think Pete Carroll's a good coach, but, you know, everybody gets old and we think he's the oldest coach in the NFL right now. Um, but, yeah, I think Russell Wilson needs a change of scenery, and New York could definitely be a fit, so I, I like the take. Uh, Tuck? Uh, I don't disagree with this take, but I'm not sure Russ has it anymore. Um, I'm just not sure what assets you're giving up for Russell Wilson that makes you a contender versus what you currently are. That's my only problem with this take is how much are you giving up for Russell Wilson versus how much would they take for him? I think they see him as much more value than he is. I think they'd expect a first-round pick for him. And I don't think anyone's willing to give up a first-round pick for Russell Wilson at this point. Um, I don't know. I I just I might be overreacting to the last few weeks. I know he's still a little bit injured from the finger injury, but he just hasn't looked like the same Russ recently. And, I mean, he has all the receivers. He has the weapons he needs. I just don't really buy it that much in terms of it being a good deal for the Giants. Dale? Oh, let me just cut in real quick. Go ahead. Go ahead, Cam. Cut in real quick. Yeah, go ahead. The Giants Two first-round picks. I'm pretty sure they're projected like six and seven or seven eight right now because the Bears trade down for Justin Fields. So uh, I have no problem giving up the first for Russell and maybe first and a fourth or something like that or later, whatever it may be. I have no problem with that. Something to get us back on track and not just say it's a rebuild year, it's a rebuild year, whatever. I don't care if he's not the future of the Giants. If he can get us back on track, obviously the goal is a Super Bowl, right? And he's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. If you think Russell Sleeman, you're you're an idiot. <laughs> um, Cam, I'm actually let me cut in too. I was gonna ask you this before my take, but this now's a good chance. What do you think this Giants team is missing to be a contender? Like what parts of the team? Quarterback and injuries. That's and, and it, well, I guess there's more than one thing. Quarterback's going to be one of them. Daniel Jones is a is is Tannehill's little brother. That's what I would put him at. He does the bare minimum. Tannehill does the bare minimum to win. The great running back, and Daniel Jones does the bare minimum to be average, but the team doesn't win. So I think we're missing a quarterback. I am 100% on board. Quote me. Get rid of Saquon. Trade him away. Loved the pick at first because it was just a guy that could play football and he was really good. And he was his rookie year. He's injured. Maybe we can get some value for him. We're missing a quarterback and an offensive coordinator who can score in the red zone. Uh, Dell. I think I agree with Cam because – the Giants need a shakeup. They need something new. Um, I disagree with Tuck. I think Russ is having an off season because of his injury, because the team is kind of just not what they were. Um, I mean, he played out of his mind last year. We were talking MVP candidate for most of the season, so they tapered off the second half, the Seahawks. Um, so, and, and the fact that the Giants have two first picks, I can get behind that as well. Um, they need a quarterback. You know, the teams that just need a quarterback to be successful, all teams. And 
it's time for a shakeup in, in New York. So go ahead, get Russ. He's probably got uh, like Tuck, like Tuck's not wrong. I think people might be looking at him as worth less than he probably is just because of the season. So yeah, I'm all on board. All right. Well, I'll go right into my take because it, it flows well. But Cam, I do agree. I think that I think they need something more than just quarterback. I think quarterback's an important part of it. Um, that's a, definitely a major need. Uh, like you said, Daniel Jones, he's getting better every year, but it's just not coming along fast enough. <coughs> so he's got he's still got what a year left on his deal after this one. Well, I think this is his. 34th year. He's got next year and then a fifth year option too, right? So Yeah, so they have the fifth year option. They can I'm pretty sure they can get rid of him. He's a suitable backup in the league. He should not be a starter anyway. So here's my thought. I think the Giants do need to bring in a veteran. I think they need to bring in a veteran that Daniel Jones can emulate. A guy that is a proven winner, can teach him how to win, maybe hold Daniel for two years. Uh, you know, keep him next year under his deal. And then you have that fifth year option, hold him under that. <clears throat> and then <clears throat> maybe that's the time you go with him. The guy you got to bring in is Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be looking for a home. Um, this offseason is going to be crazy with the QB carousel. Like you said, Russ might be up. Keep an eye out on the Steelers for Russ. I think that would be a, a cool fit. Um, but Jimmy's going to need a home. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm still getting over my sickness. Holy cow, Trey, you good? Yeah, I'm struggling, talking too much. Um, COVID, not COVID, negative. Um, so, but Jimmy, you can bring in. He's a guy that Daniel Jones can learn from. He's a guy that instantly makes you better. I think. Um, he's got a crazy record as a starter in this league. He's staying healthy this year, which is huge. Um, and I think the Giants could have success with him. I think he would look great in New York. I mean, what do you think about when you think about the people in New York? Italians, you know, bada bing, Jimmy, Jimmy G comes in and, and, you know, he, I think he turns you guys around. You, you play him for two years, you turn into a competitor maybe. And then if he, uh, <clears throat> if he, if you think you should stick with him, then you stick with him. If not, you let him go again. And then you put your slot Daniel in after he's learned, you know, you sign Daniel to a, a you know, a two year deal after that and say, okay, here's a prove it deal. Um, so I think Jimmy Garoppolo's, the perfect fit here. I think he would he would fit it. He would slot in great. He could be a guy that Daniel could learn from. Like you said, Daniel can be a backup for the for the next two years, and then you know who knows what he can turn to it after that. So I'm saying Jimmy G to the Giants next year. Book it, Cam. What do you think? All right. So here's my thing. One, I think your take when you put it on the poll should be Garoppolo should go to the Giants because he's Italian. But that's besides the point. Um, I've, I've never heard of a quarterback starting for three years and then getting replaced as a backup, getting replaced, being a backup, and then coming back and being the starter. I just don't think it would work out. I think at that point, the Giants would just no longer pay money for him. So I definitely think that would not happen. As far as Jimmy G goes... I don't mind it, but I want a bigger playmaker because Jimmy G, when he's had success, it's been mostly surrounded by good team around him. Not saying the Giants don't have a good team around Daniel Jones. Jimmy is definitely a better quarterback than Danny, but 
I don't know if he would succeed in that atmosphere because he was just born into the young coach, great defense mindset, and I, I don't see it at all. I mean, I think he fits better than Russell does right now because you don't have a that mobile quarterback type of deal. Like, Daniel's mobile, but he's not Russell Wilson mobile. I mean, I guess if you're switching up play callers, I guess that doesn't really matter. Uh, Tucker. Um, yeah, um, it works. I think some, I guess, if you guys really think Daniel Jones is out of there after this year, I think Jimmy Grapple is a good fit. In terms of a guy that is looking for a new home, a guy that, you know, could fit their system well. Um, he played pretty well this year, so well enough this year that he's definitely going to get a starting job somewhere next year, regardless of the 49ers want to keep him or not. So uh, we'll have to see, I guess. So I, I like this take. I think it could work. The fact that he's Italian, um, I guess that helps. Never know. Who's the owners there? Are they Italian? No, they're Mara. I don't think they're Italian. Are they? Maybe. That's an Italian last name. Is it? I know one Mara, and they're super Italian. I guess it is, yeah. The Mara. Hey. Yeah, if you say anything with an Italian accent, it sounds Italian. So. alone. What do you think of my take? Um, I say screw it. The Giants are getting Garoppolo and Russ. That's what's happening. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't like this take. Um, Garoppolo, Garoppolo is a free agent at the end of the year, right? No, he's got one oh, year. So that's the, that's the whole, that's the whole point, right? But they're, they're going to cut him. They're going to cut him. San Francisco is trying to market Garoppolo to, to be able to trade him at the end of the year. So, um, well, that's, that's, that's the one thing I agree with Trey is that Jimmy is going to be on the market for sure because they're. Obviously, they drafted somebody free that they want to be their franchise guy. So that's the one thing I agree with, that Jimmy's gone. He's going somewhere. I just think it's Giants. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't think they're going to trade. Unless the, unless San Francisco uh, get, gets Saquon and um, someone else that's dynamic on the offense, I don't, and, and, or a first-round pick that they think they could turn into somebody on the offense, um, which, is, which is doable, but... Um, I guess in both cases for Cam and Trey, I mean, the Giants need a QB, and both QBs that you mentioned are probably could p- potentially be leaving. So I mean, they're both probably <laughs> equal. To- All right, who is next? Does anybody else have any Giants takes they want to jump in on? I don't have a Giants take, but I have a take. All right, shoot. I have a QB take. I'm gonna end the hundredth episode how I started this podcast. Taysom Hill is going to lead the New Orleans Saints to the playoffs. I think there's a team that has a lot of pieces around him. Uh, it's a team that went five and two was five and two before Trevor Simeon messed everything up. It's a team with like a very good defense, uh, a good run game when Alvin Kamara is there, and a great head coach. I think Taysom Hill, I don't know why he wasn't coaching there. He just got a big extension. Um yeah, Taysom Hill is the solution. I don't know why it took them this long to figure it out, uh, but I'm excited to see him. And he's already playing well to start off, so I'm excited. 
I feel like this is the second time you've made that tape. <laughs> yeah, no, I made this like episode two or three. It's just been high on Taysom Hill forever. Forever. May not, may not have been another Taysom Hill guy. You're just you're you're doubling down a hundred episodes later, and I'll take it. I like it. I don't think. Yeah, he's I the, felt like it was appropriate for the hundredth episode to bring back up Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill's finally starting a football game on episode one hundred. So I figured this is the right time to bring Taysom Hill back into the picture. Well, I I don't agree still. <laughs> I think he's the answer. Sign him for a lot of money, which is, you know, whatever. That's their call. But I, I just, see something. He's not a franchise guy. He's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. He might not even be a get him to the playoffs quarterback. What's the They're score? Five and six with him coming to, so. What's the score of the game right now? Seven ten Cowboys. Ah. Uh. Taysom Hill is such a confusing character to me because he's paid quarterback money. doesn't make any sense because he's clearly not the guy. If he was the guy, then he'd be starting the whole year. You mean like he is right now? <clears throat> after, Catch that two, what, Catch that. after what, two injuries, he's now the starter? He's the third stringer. It makes no he sense to me. Him. He might have just thrown a pick. Yeah, it makes no sense to me. Why this guy is this what guy is paid the way he is for the four plays he has a game where he's in there running the ball or catching it? Um, no, he will not lead into the playoffs. They are done. The Saints are done. They were done when Jameis went down. Um, I love Jameis, by the way. He's the man. Oh my god! If Taysom Hill was the guy, he would have won the job. He didn't. He stinks. He's not a quarterback. They are not going to the playoffs. Promise you that. Did anybody else not touch on it yet? I was in the bathroom. Um, I I mean I I loved I loved the waste to take talk. I mean you're you're going back to our roots with episode one or two, whatever you said it was. Um, you know if they make it to the playoffs, he's probably the quarterback to take them there because they don't have anybody else. So you got you checked one box. There you go, uh, and that's that's him playing. The other box is him is him winning. That's a that's a much bigger box. And I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're decent enough um, playoff material in that uh, conference. I don't think so. So I'm going to go no on that one. All right, Cam, did you touch on it? I did. I pretty much gave my same response that I gave the last time we made the same take. <laughs> Before, before you go, Dell, I just want to throw it back with a take that I had, episode one, that I feel is still pre- prevalent today. I think Tannehill still sucks, by the way. I know I threw that around episode one, and I kind of got flack for it, but I'm just... Trey, I'm, since episode one, he's been like one of the highest-rated quarterbacks in the NFL. I still think he stinks. Uh, Dell, go ahead. Um, okay, I'm switching gears. We're going baseball talk. Uh, the Red Sox traded today Hunter Renfro uh, for Jackie Bradley Jr. and two prospects. Um, I don't know the prospects' names. Um, I don't know anything about the prospects. Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., however, batted around a buck sixty-eight, which is about how much I paid for this beer. Um, so that's not very good. 
Uh, he had one year on the Sox where he was an all-star. I forget what year it was, but it was the year he had, he like had like a 40 game hidden streak, uh, for the first half of the season. Like 2017 ish. And he was just unreal. Um, now, I'm not as far as to say that Jackie Bradley Jr. is going to uh, win any awards, but what I will say is Jackie Bradley Jr. coming back to the Red Sox, it's going to spark a fire underneath him. He's going to feel more comfortable, and he's going to have the best career, best season of his career next year. He's going to bat over 286, which is his best year. He's going to have t- over 20 homers and over 65 RBIs batting like the eight hole. Jackie Bradley Jr. is back. I'm on board. I never liked him, but I like him right now for the sake. That's it. All right. So, Jackie Bradley Jr., to me, I always looked at him with rose-colored glasses because he is an unbelievable fielder. There's no taking away from that from him. One of the best fielders in the league. <clears throat> and I hate this move. I'll tell you why. Um, Hunter Renfro was great for us last year. Is he overrated? Yes, he's an overrated player. Should they have traded him? Probably. But they should have traded him Traded him for someone above his value because you're, you're never going to get – you're never going to be able to trade him for anything better than you could have traded for right now. Um, we got two prospects. So the prospects, I heard they're middler prospects. The best one is like the 16th guy in the Red Sox farm system, which is not that good and can kind of power hit. That's, that, that's what I heard about him is he's kind of a power hitter. <laughs> Jackie, in terms of right now, a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, in terms of right now, Jackie Bradley Jr. does not make this team better. He makes this team actively worse. He's not a good ball player. Love the guy, not a good ball player. He is bottom ten in the past hundred years. He is bottom ten in OPS. That is not bottom ten percent. That is a bottom ten guy in OPS for the past hundred years. He cannot hit. He's like a career 220 batter, 230. He is miserable at the plate. And they just got rid of one of their power bats for a guy who I like as a guy and as a fielder. Does not make the team better. Makes the team worse. He's not going to do anything. He's going to suck wind just like he did when he was here. He's not. He Everybody, the, the most recent memory everyone has of him is lighting it up in the, in the uh, championship series against whoever. Remember that? He won like the championship series MVP. Do you know what he batted? He went like three for 18 and he had two slams. So they were big hits. I won't take that away from him. Big clutch hits, but he did not hit well. So Jackie Bradley, he's he's a suck bag and this team just got worse and he's not going to do a single thing next year. Tucker, I know you're a big JBJ guy, so go ahead. Yeah, so I'm going to start off with this. Jackie Bradley's streaky to say the least, but when Jackie's hot, Jackie's hot. People forget that. Jackie has, like, times where, like, for three months, about, like, 350. Uh, you just got to know when he's hot and know when he's not. And then on top of that, I bet you a run saved makes up for his zombie OPS. You know how many runs that dude saved with how great of a fielder he is? He's a great That's fielder. That's kept him in the league, not his hitting, his fielding. Like, you can say, oh, he doesn't generate enough runs, but he saves a ton. And that's one thing the Sox struggled with last year in the playoffs. They they let some balls fall that they shouldn't have. So you're right there. Yeah. Well, you need that fielder, that guy that's a fantastic center fielder that can get to any ball 
He has a bigger range than anyone in the MLB. He gets those crazy off the wall balls. He gets those crazy over the over the like diving catches and all that. He's a great fielder, and he just gets overlooked for that. Well, because he is arguably he signed like a hundred million con- contract like last year. But um, the funny thing is, Renfro had like the he had like the most outfield assists out of any player in the league. He played unbelievable in the field. Um, he was nuts. Um, Jackie Bradley Jr. is probably <clears throat> better in the field, but it, not by too, too much. I mean, definitely by some. Um, the Sox are missing a center fielder. They didn't really have a center fielder the whole year. Um, so it fills a bit of a gap there. PK might um, play second but, now. But I, I got I got, uh, I got high hopes uh, at the plate for him just because streaky hitting – it's it's uh it's mental. He is a mental hitter. He is not a a consistent hitter. It, it for him, it's all in his brain. And uh, something about coming back to the roots, coming back to his former team. Uh, like playing for Cora. The year before he left, he was he batted as highest in the career <laughs> in his career two eighty six. Um, COVID year. I think he's gonna he's gonna get back to form, um, better than form. And, and play a little bit better than than he did in his last year with the Sox, and um, ultimately, I think he'll tur- he, he's a I think he's a better player than Renfro is all around. So um, I'm high hopes on it. He's arguably the worst hitting outfielder of all time. Stat yeah, but wise. next year, arguably the worst be, of all time, significantly better. <laughs> Cam, which you have be med- which would be average. Do you have anything no, to add to this? No, no, no. Was waiting for you to call me nothing. All right, that's wasted takes. Let's move on then. Excuse me as I finish my chip. So, NFL, we've got coming up the biggest game in the AFC this year, Monday night, and it's between our Patriots and the Bills. Um, here's my thoughts on the game. <clears throat> I think the Bills are the better team on paper. They are. They have the better quarterback. They have the better receivers. They have a solid defense. They are the better team on paper. That doesn't mean they're going to win the win the game. Josh Allen here is going to get everything thrown at him that he has ever seen. He has not played great against Patriots. He had two good games against Patriots. Once once was in 2019 when they lost that game, Brady's last game against the Bills, and then. Um, the second one was their second game against the Patriots last year where Stefan Diggs like lit it up. So the Patriots are playing zone now, not man. Uh, so J.C. Jackson won't have to lock down Diggs. Basically what they're going to have to do <coughs> excuse me, is force Josh Allen to throw into the zone and force him to make mistakes. And I think they're going to do it. Um, I think I, everything in my bones are telling me the Patriots are going to win this game, which is probably a bad thing. But last week, I, I really didn't see the Titans as too much of a threat. I thought the Patriots were going to win that game easily, and they did. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's the Pats here. I know I'm a homer, but I, I really do. I think that the Bills cannot run the ball. I think when you are not a balanced team and you are, um, you know, you can only do one thing that's going to hurt you against the Belichick team. He's going to take away your best thing, so you've got to go to your, you know, something that's not your strength. They can't run it. 
And Josh Allen, he has a tendency to get <coughs> to get a little crazy with his decisions sometimes. And the Bills have just been inconsistent. And the Patriots have been the picture of consistency for the last month plus. So I think it's the Pats here. And I'm looking forward to this game. I think, I mean, this Monday night game is going to be electric. Uh, Cam, you, we'll get to you first because you, you probably have, you know, the craziest, not the craziest, the, uh, you know, most different view of the game than any of us do. So, Trey, you just cut out for me. Can you guys hear me? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Maybe we can't hear you, actually. So, can you hear me now? Yeah. Yeah. Hello? All right. So, Trey and I also talked about this very briefly, and he stole kind of what I said, which is whatever. Um, the Patriots are probably the most consistent team in football right now. It's 100%. They do what they got to do on offense, complete passes, and then defensively, they're just pretty locked down. And the Bills are one of, if not the most inconsistent. When they're on, you're not going to win. When they're off, the Jaguars can beat them. So, Bills minus two and a half right now this week, by the way. Um, I think the Patriots win this game. I think they win both of them, actually. I think they probably win out, to be completely honest with you. Just because of the consistency I've seen. The Colts, I think, is going to be their top battle, to be honest. The Bills is a great matchup for them. Trey White is on for the season. And the Patriots' defense is playing the best that they ever have. They don't really need to stop the run. Except for Josh Allen running the ball. Because Devin Singletary and... and uh, Zach Moss is uh, else just got picked up, but the running game has never been. Like, I mean, this is a great matchup for the Patriots. I think they win this game in Buffalo. I think they win the next one too. Um, I said nine beginning of the year. I think their only possible loss going out is the Colts. I'm scared of the Colts too. <coughs> no, Tucker, I, I know you. Seem to hate it when I get high on the Patriots, even though I'm high on the Patriots every year. But uh, what do you think about this game Monday night? Um, I know Bill Belichick owns the Bills. I think he has like a something like um, don't quote me on this, but I want to say it's like 32 and seven is his record against the Bills since he joined the Patriots, which is absurd. Like no one's owned a team like Bill Belichick has owned the Bills, but um. I'm I'm nervous. I mean, this is a team that might have more talent than the Patriots, um, but the Patriots play much better football than the Bills. I think they, as long as they can, I mean, they have to play perfect football to beat the Bills, where the Bills just need to not make big mistakes, and they're the better team, and they could come out on top. But, um, I mean, I'm confident looking at the last few games. I'm not going to say anything about, like, guarantees or anything, but... I think we have the ability to beat them. Um, I think that this team has shown that they're really solid defensively. I think Bill Belichick's going to have a lot of things that will confuse someone like Josh Allen who gets, you know, he tries to play hero ball a lot, and I think that will play into Bill Belichick's hand. Uh, when people try to play hero ball, Bill Belichick will exploit that because they make stupid decisions. Um, so I'm excited. Uh, I think that we can win this game, but it's just all going to be about 
performing, doing everything right, playing how we played the last few weeks. Before we get to Dylan, let me just ask. Um, do you fear at all for Mac in this game? I mean, it's supposed to be cold, probably snowing up there, and he's in a loud and uh, you know a different loud environment. I mean, Bills Mafia is some of the best fans in the league. Um, obviously, he's played in games like the Iron Bowl and the National Championship, but I think it's a little different uh, being in the pros and going into the cold like that. He hasn't had any problem with the cold in New England, um, but do you think his confidence or Anything will be shaken like that, Tucker, and then and then Cam. If you want to touch on it quick, and then we'll go to Dell. Um, I hope not. Uh, I think that it is the kind of game that'll define what kind of quarterback he is. I think a really solid quarterback will perform in this type of game, just like he'll perform in any other game. If he's a, I'd hate. I haven't seen anything to show that he's a head case or anything so far in the season. So, uh. You know, if he has problems right now, it's going to be a bad sign just because big players perform in big games. And this is probably his biggest game so far as a Patriot, besides maybe the Bucks game, and he performed in that game. So I'm hoping he keeps it up. You know, this will be the first time performing in a game where he doesn't have the crowd with him. So we'll see. Cam, do you think, as a former quarterback, do you think there's any confidence thing you got to worry about here? No, I don't think so, actually. I think Mac has been pretty poised, and that was probably the one thing that I actually liked about him going into the draft. I, As you probably know, I was a Mac hater, big time. Uh, eating my words now. But um, the one thing that I did say was he's poised. He doesn't seem to, like, freak out or anything, and that's because he had a good team around him at Bama. And now he has a very similar situation. So I I think he's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to affect him at all. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, I I agree with you, Cam. That I think the biggest thing that he showed me is he doesn't ever get stressed. He never like loses his mind, freaks out, panics. Um, you know, his arm isn't isn't all the way there. Obviously, the he it can get better, but um, I think his poise has been veteran like. Uh, Dill, your thoughts on the game and Mac. Yeah, this is a tough one. So, I I, I put the Bills um, as on paper, like you said, Trey, uh, a little bit better than the Pats. But it's it's the it, how do I put it? It's like the uh, it's like the reputation of the Bills coming into the season. Like I said last week about them being just like the dominant team in this division that I think is really propelling teams to really like the Bills in this matchup. Uh, also them playing at home as well, um, like you said. But on the other side, for the Patriots, <laughs> Len, like you guys have already all said, Jones has been tremendously poised and uh, th- just doesn't get shaken up. And that's like a, that's a big factor um, when it comes to being a top um, athlete. Like No matter of the condition, where you play, time of day, how much you travel, how tired you are, all of those things you show up to the game and you are at peak performance. And we've seen that just in a small sample size with Jones throughout this, you know, we're just past the halfway point of the season. And I wouldn't expect that to change. I expect him to show up and I expect him to play very uh, consistent to what he's done uh, at the previous games this year. 
on the flip side, you see the Bills, who have been that inconsistent team, who are going up against a competitor that has that bit of an underdog mentality because of uh, the position that uh, the Bills are in at the beginning of the year, again, being like the top dog on the, in the division. Um, so this all bodes well for an upset. You know, this is a perfect scenario for an upset. Um, so like, like Cam said, the spread's two and a half, which is probably fair um, in, 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 the, in favor of the Bills. Um, but if I was a betting man, I mean, this is a game you would take, you'd take a pass up money line because they're – it, it, it has the perfect match, perfect making for an upset. Yeah, um, might, might have to sprinkle that money line this weekend. So, uh, but it's really a toss-up. You know, these are two great teams. You know, Jones can be really bad one week, and then, uh, or Allen, sorry, can be really bad one week, and uh, um, can be really, you know, perform real well the next week. So, he's in front of his home fans. That probably gives him an advantage. Um so I, I, I honestly don't have an like a I really don't have a uh, a prediction on, on this one because it, it's such a toss up for me. Everything seems to be evening out. I think it's a it's a negative factor they play in front of fans. You guys notice that since you know the fans have been back, they haven't been the team that everyone expected them to be. Maybe That's it's because Bills Mafia shouldn't be allowed in that building. Throw that take take out there again. Bottom take of all time. I love that take. I think that you know what though. I think there's something to that. I think Josh Allen is gets a little bit antsy. I think. I think that's why last year he played so well. He didn't have the crowd cheering him on. I think that's when he makes mistakes. Is he tries to play hero ball. He gets antsy. He gets he gets fired up too much. It's not a bad thing. Like you can you can figure out a way to control that and get you know use it to help you. I think he gets fired up too much from the fans. I really do. <coughs> I think everyone was just a little too quick, including myself, to crown the Bills as this team of destiny. I, I really, I really do. Um, but staying on the Patriots a little bit, Cam actually brought this up because he wanted to talk about it. Um, seen a lot of Brady and Mac comparisons. Now, obviously, this was going to happen with any quarterback that came in, you know, as Brady's replacement. But in my eyes, it's not fair to compare him to Brady, the player, now, right? It's not fair to say. Oh, he's going to be the next Tom Brady. I think it's very fair to compare him to 2001 Tom Brady because it's almost the exact same situation. It's actually scary how much it's similar. Um, you have a running game that is great. You have a great defense and you have a young rookie. Brady wasn't a rookie in 2001, but it was his first season starting coming in to take over the team. Um, they both came from big you know, colleges, they both had late led those colleges to big bowl game wins. And they both are, you know, they both through this point had done great things so far, had led their teams to winning records. I, I, I think it's fair to compare them because I think this team is very similar to the way the 2001 team was built on running and defense and just a quarterback that doesn't do too much, that doesn't turn it over. I think it's unfair to say Max and next Brady. I don't think there will ever be another Tom Brady. I don't think Mac will ever come close to do, be able to do what Tom Brady does. Maybe cerebrally, cerebral, oh, cerebral. I can't say it. You know what I mean? Cerebrally. Yeah, cerebrally, <laughs> <laughs> but not in terms of the plays that Brady makes and has made over the course of his career. I don't think Max Arm will ever get there. I don't think it's fair, but I do think the O one comparisons are 
Fair. Cam, you're the one who wanted to talk about this. Um, so go ahead. Cam, you there? Muted? Sorry, yeah. No, I'm here. Sorry, my mute button wasn't working. Um, yeah, the comparisons are eerily similar, but I think you're on the same wavelength as me, Trey. If I was a Patriots fan, I would hate people bringing this up. Um, they're, they're very similar stat-wise, whatever. I, I never watched any highlights or anything, not going to lie, of like Brady back in 01. But, I mean, I feel like it, it's bad for Matt. Like, if, if he sees some of this and, like, comparing it to Tom Brady, it puts even more pressure on. And it's, I don't know, I, I wouldn't want it if I were a Pats fan. But, nonetheless, it's, it's eerily similar. And it's all because of Bill Belichick. I mean, that's just... That's just the way he's coached. That's the way he's done it forever, and nobody can seem to figure it out. Build the defense and then make the offense efficient enough to score enough points to win. So it is eerily similar, but if I was a Pats fan, I wouldn't want all the publicity or anything, and if, especially for Mac, just putting the pressure on. Let's, let's do an exercise real quick. I'll give you player A and player B. You tell me which one you want. All right. Player A, through his first 12 starts, was 9-3. Had 65% completion percentage, uh, 16 to 10 touchdown to interception ratio, seven yards per attempt. Player B has eight and four through those first 12. Um, had completed 70% uh, passes, 16 to eight rate, uh, TD to interception ratio, and 7.5 yards per attempt. Who do you want? I mean, I think we all know who's who. Yeah. But you say player B. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it, you, better stats. Yeah, it's and better stats. If I were a pass fan, I would hate the comparison. Don't get me wrong, but I would hate uh, it. Hate it with a passion. No, it's awful. I mean, but think about, listen to this though. Like, both took their job, took the QB job away from a former number one pick who had led the team that drafted him to a Super Bowl a few years earlier. Um, was top four in the league in completion percentage. Um, gained instant reputation among his teammates for outworking everyone. Um, had his dad bod. Considered a lesser QB prospect than other QBs in his class due to supposed lack of athleticism. Like it's crazy how how much they are similar. Um, yeah, but I, I I agree with you, Cam. As a Patriots fan, I don't want Mac reading into any of this. I don't think he does. He's not on social media. He hasn't posted since the draft. He said on the he said on the podium the other day he stays away from social media. I don't know if that's just for the season or what, but I'm I'm sure it's getting to him a little bit. But I'm I'm hoping that he's staying away from most of it. Uh, so talk you you hate the comparisons. Yeah, of course I do. I don't want to hear it, but let me say something that like physical abilities are so overhyped in drafting, and this season's a perfect proof of that. And because, like, you look at guys like Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson, they're like, well, Zach Wilson has to be the number two pick because he can throw the ball so far. That, like, yes, like, oh, is he not, do you play for BYU? Yeah. Did his team never win much of anything? Yeah. Was he not even elected captain of his team as the quarterback? That, yeah, but he can throw the ball really far, which helps out a minuscule amount of the time. Like there's a minuscule amount where someone's like, Hey, you need to throw the ball as far as you physically can on this play. 
And there's like guys like Trey Lance who they're like he can throw the ball far and he's fast. And look at like it's he also played FCS football at North Dakota State. Like there's all these ridiculous things that people like look for these physical abilities when your greatest quarterback of all time had none of the physical abilities. Tom Brady was never known as a rocket arm quarterback. Tom Brady was never known as a speedy quarterback. You know, like these guys that are the best ever didn't have these abilities, but yet I put so much value into these statistics that don't mean shit in the end. Cam? Yeah. So, first, your take last week was that Carson Wentz is a top five quarterback in the NFL, also went to North Dakota State. Just going to throw Yeah, that. but he proved himself in the NFL. Like, I'm not. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I just had to bring it up. Um, second. It's it's a changed league, and coaches are looking for that Patrick Mahomes. Ever since he was drafted, they're just looking for that. And I forget who tweeted it. It was somebody that's in the league right now about Mac Jones and was like, y'all wanted uh, somebody that could run and somebody whatever, and Mac Jones is slinging it right Tyron now. Tyron Matthew said that. Yeah, exactly. And he said it perfectly, honestly. And um, I don't know. You got to respect it for him. No, but, but I mean, it's a different league now. Everybody's searching for that Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, his first year, Patrick Mahomes recently, and Bill Belichick was just—he tried it once with Cam Newton, and it didn't work. And he's just going back to his game plan, and it's working. Um. When he when when Bill leaves, I don't know what's going to happen. Steve's going to take over and maybe make it work again. But the league's changing. No, but you're both right. Like the league is different than it was. Like that's the thing about the Brady Mac comparison is that Max having an easier time doing it. I think because it's so much easier for a quarterback now, um, and the, the the skill position, the skills of the position has changed. But Tucker is 100 percent right. If you don't have the mental capacity for it. If you don't have the, the the ability to read a defense, break it down, do stuff like that, it does not matter. You need a combination. That's why guys like Mahomes and Wilson are so good. You can't just draft based purely on the skills. This is why I didn't want these guys like Wilson and Lance is because I don't think I don't see the mental you know tests that a guy like Mac Jones had gone through playing in high level SEC football. That Trey Lance who played against high school teams. He didn't have to do what Mac Jones did. He didn't have to look at the same type of defense. And Zach Wilson, not being elected a captain, says all you need to know about him. He's just not not the guy you want as the face of your franchise. I don't care how much of a rocket arm he has. So you're both right, but I agree with Tucker. I think you have to, you know, if you have to compromise the skill a little bit to get that mentality, that 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 ability to read a defense, that you know, high level thinking that Mac Jones is exhibiting, I think you want that instead of just a guy who is you know, chisel from stone. Dill, you've been, we've been cutting you out of conversation. Anything you want to add to the comparison or about quarterbacks in general? Go ahead. Um, so, you know, I talked about this like after week one, um, that, uh, um, it, Jones has this innate ability to be just smarter for whatever reason than Newton was, uh, he's playing smarter. He's playing more poised, like we've talked about already, than many other quarterbacks that have been in the league for God knows how many years. Like they, 
he just has those abilities for whatever reason. Um, and that is the intangible aspect of playing professional sports. <laughs> and I don't know if Belichick saw it. I don't know if people missed it. Um, but it's proven to be the case with him. And like we've all said, he doesn't have the greatest arm. He doesn't have the greatest body. Uh, we've seen the pictures with the Stogie after the, uh, the championship My win. My favorite picture of all time. Um, but there is there there needs to be some sort of understanding across all aspects of sports where a body is a body and skill is a skill. Those things can be trained, but smarts and being poised and being uh, able to uh, <coughs> perform under immense pressure is something that is just not easily attainable. It's not something that's that somebody can just like build over time. Like they can their, their arm, their, how fast they get the ball out of their hand or how fast they run and stuff like that. You know, you, you, so, um, I, um, the, the comparison is, is, is fun on the fan side. It's fun to speculate about, um, two players who grew up in eras 20 years apart and how they are similar, but on a player level, they don't give, they don't care about that. And it's the players that care about that stuff that end up being worse than whoever they're being compared to. And I'm, I'm, I put Mac Jones in the realm of a, of a, of a player who doesn't care about that stuff because he, again, he doesn't do social media. He doesn't really care what other people think, at least from my understanding of listening to uh, press conferences He's out there to play football and perform at the best he can and just improve. And that that type of mentality we see across all sports seems to be um, going away from some trends in the past where now guys care more about their image and things like that. And it's just great to see for a team that I enjoy watching in the past that we have somebody like that. And I think it's just going to be, like I say, literally every week, it's just the future for the Patriots is sky, is sky high just because they have somebody who has those things. And, and for me, it's like like a godsend. I love seeing it. Um, and it's a shame for all the other teams that didn't take Jones when they could have. Imagine imagine episode one, Dylan, listening to episode 100, Dylan, right now. He'd be shocked. Um, all episode, right. Episode one, Dylan. Uh, talked about Tua Tagovailoa, whatever his name is, I believe. He he refused <laughs> to know who Tua Tagovailoa was. <laughs> um, all right, quickly, let's go into some more stuff. Uh, Bears Lions trash bowl on Thanksgiving. We watched this game with our family. It was so bad. The Lions, Cam, you're right. They should be moved out of the city. They are useless. And the Bears, Matt Nagy needs to be fired. I mean, this was a boring game to watch. It was horrible. It was kind of fun to bet on, but it was it was boring game. It, it was just just a mess all around. I was rooting for a tie, um, but Tucker, uh, what did you think of the game? You you brought this up. Yeah, no, at least it was close, but this game was a joke. It came down to the absolute last. Like it's the first game that you like came down to a field goal at the last second that you were like, "Fuck this game." Um, I mean, it was horrendous on both sides. It was Andy Dalton versus Jared Goff, Matt Nagy versus Jim Caldwell. Like, some of the worst matchups you can physically imagine oh, happening yeah. happened in this game. Uh, yeah, it was just laughable. 
it really was just laughable. The entire thing was just pathetic. It should have been like flexed out to like a Tuesday where like at least it'd be like at least there's football on. But no, Thursday, like the first game on Thursday is like the biggest game for me. It's the one I'm paying attention to the most, and it, it had to be this game. So it was really disappointing. I mean, there was better football played at our Turkey Bowl in the morning than in this game. Um, well, on one side of the Turkey Bowl. Correct. Um, Dylan, did you watch this game? Um, I watched a little bit. I paid attention to it because I had a, a few beans on it. What'd you think? Good game? Um, it, it's a, it, it was a perfect game for after eating uh, uh, a nice turkey meal, although it happened beforehand, didn't it? Yeah. I don't it even remember. It, it but, um, you know, not much going on. I, I was excited for the outcome because it benefited me. Uh, but outside of that, it's pretty boring. Cam? The hail yeah, is hitting my window right now. I, I had some money on it too, but it was part of a, a teaser that I lost. It's the stupid Cowboys. God hates the Cowboys. Um, yeah, bad game. I mean, Thanksgiving, I get it. Lions and Cowboys always got to play. But that's a bad one to have on. Um Definitely was rooting for the Lions, even though I bet on the Bears, just because Giants draft pick is the Bears. Um, but yeah, terrible, terrible game. One of the worst. It wasn't even high scoring, I don't think, which is just even. It was bad. It was bad. Sorry, my, my I'm worried my AC is gonna fall out of my window because there's a storm rolling through Boston right now. Um. All right. Um, quickly, MLB lockout. I'm not going to pay too much attention to this. I, I, I think they'll figure it out eventually. If they miss games, they should just cancel the league because they can't miss games right now. Okay, the baseball's having enough t- trouble as it is, and this is going to be bad for it, I think. Dill, what do you think about the lockout? Um, another case of billionaires fighting with billionaires fighting with millionaires. Um, I'll, like, money aside... I understand arguments from both sides. There's arguments from the players because the players want um, they want a change in the structure when it comes to entry-level contracts. So right now, a player, they get signed. They have six years that um, the team that they signed for has control of them. So we talk about Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts is on the Red Sox, obviously. The six-year um, entry-level contract with the Sox was up. Uh, and then he got his explosion of a contract and went to L.A., right? So um, the six-year entry-level contract doesn't really benefit the player because they're uh, banking on them being uh, good, uh, you know, and playing and performing in order to be paid after six years. You know, there could be a guy that plays really well for three for three years. You know, after three years, he could have gotten a contract worth, hundred million dollars. Then he plays like crap for three years, and then he gets a contract for like two million dollars because he's just a garbage player at that point. So it doesn't benefit the players at the right time over that amount of years. But at the same time, there's um, the owners understand that they want to be able to control their players because they don't want a player to have a good season after three years and then get bought by some giant team like the Yankees and then we just stack the teams um, like we've seen 
seen over the years. So that's one of the big major um, arguments on both sides. There's a bunch of other arguments that um, comes down to like number of playoff games and um, other other things that involve lots of money. So um, the big thing is that they cannot, like you said, Trey, have a season that doesn't start on time. The image of Major League Baseball would be would be tarnished at least for some time. Because as fans, we don't care. Just like play the sports ball, hit the ball, run the bases, have a good time. That's what we care about, right? Um, we don't like to see this petty nonsense between these people making way more money than we do. Um, so it, it's uh, and and also the the league can't afford it because they need the money, right? Because there's been COVID the past two years. I mean, two years ago they had 50 game season. Last year was um, hindered at least partially for fans, I think. And because uh, teams started rolling out full capacity as the season goes on, so they're making less revenue. So it's in the league's best interest to come to a deal. The players want some sort of uh, some sort of tug of war to go their way because they know the league wants to uh, um, start the season for their own benefit. So the league, the players are just like, we'll play tug of war for a little bit because we know we're going to get more out of it because the league needs it. So I think they're going to come to some sort of agreement. Um, they might not uh, report to spring training on time, but that really doesn't matter. So I'd give it about a two-month, two-and-a-half-month period before everything's finalized and we're going to have a full season. That, that's my prediction. Tucker, you got eyes on the lockout at all? Tucker? Sorry, yeah, my uh, take is who gives a fuck? Uh, <laughs> baseball is still five months away. Um, wow, I wonder if the billionaires and millionaires will come to agreement so they can both make money or if they'll just both agree to not make any money this year, huh? <laughs> but yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. Like, come on. Like, yeah, they're locked out. They're just like playing a game of chicken, and once it's like, oh, shit, we might not make money this year if neither of us agree to do anything, they're going to be like, all right, we can we can figure something out. Um, yeah, I, I just don't buy it at all. Like, the only, oh, the only and league... Like, any sports lockout, it's like, so you guys are just going to take no money for your morals? Yeah, no, I don't buy it. You're millionaires and billionaires. You have no morals. The only league I can remember missing games is the NHL. They, they miss games on a lockout, I think. Um, yeah, and that was probably, like, the players, like, hey, can we get, like... It was probably actually something real. Yeah. Uh, Cam, you said lockout is on. You were, you're pumped for the lockout. You're pro-lockout. I love the lockout. I don't want baseball at all. I think the Yankees, the Yankees re-signing um, Boone just made me hate it even more. And I kind of hope it goes on for the whole season. I hope no games are played at all. <laughs> Cam, pro, and, pro lockout. Pro lockout. Real quick, did you guys just see the Thunder Grizzly score? No. How old was it? Largest margin of victory in NBA history. 70 points. Oh, 152 to 79. To what? Do you say 29? 79. That was like 73 points. 152 to 79. Okay, I thought you said 29 for a second. That was about to be shot. That's wild. Um, (laughs) Okay, see Thunder tweet. Regroup and get back at it Monday. Um, okay, 
So, in honor of the 100th episode, our list, guys, is going to be our top five. Wait, we haven't done uh, power rankings. Oh, shoot. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Uh, Power rankings. Uh, Cam, are you ready to go? Yeah, I'm good to go. You want me to go first? Yeah, do all all five of them. Top five. Oh, oh, I thought we were doing ten. Top ten. Go ahead. All right, I'm gonna give you my top ten, and then we can discuss after what you agree with, what you don't. Yep. Number ten, go with the Rams. Number nine, go with the Niners. They're on a better pace right now. Rams are not. My number eight, the Bengals. Love the Bengals right now. Burrow is the man. They just destroyed the Steelers. Number seven, Ravens. Because I think the Ravens are uh, the best team in the uh, AFC North, but they're a little inconsistent. Number six, Bills. Also inconsistent, but when they play well, probably the best team in the league. Number five, going with the Chiefs. They are on a hot streak right behind the Pats, who are my number four. Number three, Bucks. Number two, Cardinals. Number one, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, Tucker, are you ready to go? Yep. Uh, number 10, I got the boys. Uh, number nine, I have the Titans. Number eight, I'm putting the Pats. Number seven, I'm putting the Chiefs. Number six, I'm putting the Bills. Number five, the Ravens. Number four, the Rams. Number three, the Bucks. Number two, the Cards. And number one, the Packers. All right, let's see here. I'm not ready. (laughs) All right, my number 10, I'm going to go with the Rams. Uh, I think they're struggling a little bit, but uh, I still think they're a solid team. Uh, My number nine, I'm going to go with the the Titans. I think the Titans are kind of falling back. I still think they're a good team. Once they get over that injury bug a little bit, they'll they'll do better. Uh, Number eight, I'm going with the Bengals, actually. I'm going Bengals over Titans right now just because of the injury situation. Um, I think the Bengals are a solid team. I don't know how far they'll make it in the playoffs. What am I at? Seven. Um, My number seven, I'm going to go with the... I'm going to go with the Bills. Too inconsistent right now, but they could jump up high after a win this week. Uh, Number six, I'm going with the boys. Number five, I'm going with the Chiefs. Number four, I'm going Pats. Number, I screwed this up. Never mind. Uh, Number five, I'm going Chiefs. Four, I'm going Pats. Three, I'm going... Three, I'm going cards. Two, I'm going bucks. One, I'm going Packers. I'm switching out the Bengals for the Ravens. So, there you go. <laughs> Dill, you got yours? Um, Sure. Number 10, I am going with the Bengals. Joe Burrow's looking pretty good as of late. Um, Titans falling down. I'm putting them at 9. Uh, right above them, I'm going... The Ravens, they've been looking not so great as of recent, but still have weapons. I'm going the Rams at 7, then the Bills at 6, the Chiefs at 5. Chiefs are getting hot lately. The Patriots, which is ridiculous, putting them at 4. I have Bucks at 3, and then 1 and 2, I'm going... 
Cardinals, and then Packers. All right, there's power rankings. Um, I was not ready for that. My list is probably not what I really think, but whatever. All right, um, let's get into list guys to break down our list guys episode 100. Top five wasted takes memories. These can be segments. These can be anything to do with wasted takes, uh, uh, takes, rants, anything you want. Arguments, punishments, whatever. So my number five is going to be something probably everyone's forgot about. Trivia night. Everyone remember trivia night? There was one night we did trivia. Um, it did not go over well with the people that do listen to the show. They were like, what the hell? I don't want to listen to it trivia. Was voted worst. It was voted worst. <laughs> It was, it's a bad, it's a bad memory, but it's certainly a memory that I have. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. I won it. Um, so, uh, who, Cam, you gave the, you gave it, right? Or did Dylan? I no, can't I remember. Did. I would have won it if I didn't. Cam, Cam gave the, the quiz. We all answered it. It was a fun show. It was during COVID. We didn't have a lot to talk about. So, Trivia Night is my number five. Uh, Cam. Dude, we, got, we only did it once. Can we talk about Trivia Night? Because Trivia Night was, like, fun, but also probably the worst thing ever to listen to. Because it was just the five of us just answering trivia questions and then talking about how we didn't know the answers. Yep, very very stupid idea. I mean, Not a great idea. I mean, people watch Jeopardy. I think that was the idea. Like, we can play and people can play along with us. And we were only going to do it, like, once a month or once every couple months. Yeah, not our, not our best idea. That's that's true. I enjoyed listening to it because I won and I knew all the answers. Uh, Cam, go ahead, number five. My number five is going to be kind of a segment we did, I guess. Um, it was the marble racing phase. Oh. Now, COVID was a tough time and we didn't have much to talk about. And I think marble racing, the fact that we were, like, very involved and had a lot to talk about, and we were just saying whatever the snowballs and the galaxy. whatever the names were and, and, and knew what we were talking about and just found something to I have a Thunderbolt shirt. shirt. <laughs> I bought, a, bought shirt. a Thunderbolt I bought a shirt. <laughs> I swear to God, I, I, I have, I have so, to, like, okay. So just marble racing and the fact that we were able to, you know, use that to get through COVID period, beginning of COVID period when there was no sports, um, great period of my life, gave me something to look forward to. Yeah, I was super into it. And then there was one day where I realized I was like, I don't like this. This is stupid. I hate this. I was so excited for it. Like when it just popped up. Oh, uh, it dropped. It dropped. dropped. <laughs> Whatever day so it dropped sad. a week. When that first season ended and it turned into whatever else it was, I was like, I hate this now. This is no that, longer that's for me. That's a perfect description of COVID. It's just like, so what you do during COVID is like, well, we got really into watching marbles. That was, I mean, <laughs> when the Heritage was doing takeout meals, it was just marbles on TV all day long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I thought about Marble 1. That did not break my top five. Uh, Tucker, go ahead. No, it just made my top five because of that conversation. Uh, my number five is Marbula One. Um, at the Heritage, we got super into Marbula One. Um, we literally all got uh, merch. Like each, it was me, my ex, my brother, the head chef, and my dad and Lindsay all have Marbula One gear, like either a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or something that we all bought from the Marbula One store. 
Uh, it was incredible. And then talking about Ways and Takes made it so much better for me. I enjoyed talking about it. I enjoyed watching it. Like it was, it was a highlight of my week when I was like, it was like, oh shit, it's Friday, two days till the next Margula One race. Like that was a legitimate thought that came into my head like days in advance. I was like, oh God, two more days till the Marbula One race comes out. Like I was excited for it. Dylan, number five. So, yeah. Um, number five for me, I'm going episode one. Episode one, it's a great time. Uh, we sat around the table at Trey's house. Um, I believe we were all there, right? We had, oh, yeah. Yeah we, yeah, we were there. I had no idea what I was talking about. It was 95% football talk, and I was like, I am way out of my head. Uh, why did I join this? Um, I've learned a lot since those days, but um, just coming together as a group. Um, episode one, it was a great time. Yeah, we uh, became a football podcast very quickly, much to Dylan's not a, like Dylan just did not decide. Where he's like, yeah, we're just gonna talk about football. <laughs> I mean, this show is at its peak during football season, so yeah, no, it is. All right, my number four is going to be the various studios that we've had throughout these two years. Um, we started off in my basement. We stayed in my basement for a bit in my kitchen. That was our first studio. Our second studio was the Frankie Memorial Studios, uh, which yeah. was my old bedroom that we made look sick. It was sad because yeah, we, it was great. The, Trey and I were there. Yep, the room was getting, you know, painted, and my sister was moving back home, and like so we couldn't do it for a long time. But it was sick. We had a bunch of sports memorabilia up in there. We had a desk. We had everything. It was awesome. Uh, Frankie Memorial Studios is my favorite studio. Um, the top of the, the bar at the Heritage was a studio for a bit. That one was a little shaky because the echoes and stuff and the noise that was going on from a restaurant that was in operation. So uh, that was that was a rough one, but it was always fun sitting behind the bar and talking. Had some good shows there. Um, and then, of course, above the Heritage, um, which was a solid spot. I, I really liked recording in there. It was private. You know, there was that time Colsey walks walked in, in the middle of our podcast and talked to us. Um, and now our studio is, <laughs> is is Skype. We are in Skype studios. But uh, I always love when we are together recording. I feel like it's always a better show when we're together and everyone can kind of have an easier conversation. But I've enjoyed every studio we record at. So that's my number four. Cam? <coughs> I want to give an honorable mention real quick. Uh, today, 100, 100 episodes with you guys. Couldn't, couldn't ask for a better crew. So just want to give that a shout out. Maybe it's on one of your guys' lists. I don't know, but I want to give that an honorable mention. Um, my number four is the heritage heritage show, the one where we were all behind the bar. The one where Connor was the guest <laughs> and I was pouring up drinks and I could tell John was not happy at one point when I just got a little got a little out there. But it was after closing and we were all behind the bar. And we were making our own drinks. Nobody else was there. And perfect recording station. We tried to get it on the TV, I remember. That was tough. Um, it, it just made sense. I mean, that's that's the name of the game. That's our sponsor. There was, was a county down there. Yeah, there was a lot going on. And we had a little bit of an audience, which was cool. And that, that was just that was nostalgic. We were all together. And that's where our Twitter header is from, too. So Dylan's cropped in, but... Uh, that's my number four. Dylan has said multiple times we need to uh, 
get a new picture. Um, yeah, if, at this point, it's kind of nostalgic. I kind of <laughs> like it. Uh, Tucker, number four. Uh, number four for me is convincing Trey to believe whatever I believe about the Patriots. Um, it's been a long time coming. Uh, it happened in the first season when we were recording, happened in the second season, happened with Tom Brady last year. That was probably the biggest one where Trey was like, Oh, I hope Tom Brady does well. Turned him to the dark side, made him hate Tom Brady by the end of the year. Um, but yeah, just like constantly seeing Trey evolve to believe whatever I believe about the Patriots was always a great moment. I don't know if that's totally true, but I'll give you the Brady thing. Uh, Dill. Uh, number four for me, I'm following suit with Trey, actually. I'm going to studios, different studios over over the years. Um, Cam's house was one I missed. Cam's studio. Cam's house studio. I was going to bring that up. I don't Cam's. think I was there for that day. No, Cam's for the, uh, the draft. The draft, draft preview. Years ago, we had uh, we started with Trey's, and then in his old bedroom, uh, specifically, remember every hour on the hour, the uh, the clock going off, the Harley Davidson clock, the Harley Davidson clock in uh, Trey's uh, basement. Um, Tucker's house. Tucker's. Ho- I forgot Tucker's uh, house too. That was oh, a good one. I, have a I forgot well, about that one. Going to the apartment, having some uh, Pinot Grigio, going through a whole case of those over the over the weeks. Bill, you're going to come here to uh, record one of these days. I'm definitely going to. I don't know why we don't. Um, well, I usually record at work because I'm always at work. Today's like probably the second time I've recorded here since we've started. That's true. Um, but yeah, you know, like you the fact that we've come together for a hundred weeks, uh, I don't think I've missed an episode. I've fallen asleep in one, but I was still present. Um, <laughs> week after week, going wherever we need to go to get it done. Uh, the grind of the pod, that's what I like. Um, so the studios, yeah. For absolutely no Number reason, four. too. <laughs> I for- I can't believe I forgot Tucker's house. That We, we put out a lot of episodes that we recorded at Tucker's house. We did oh, yeah. like a solid... Like Especially for 20 episodes internet. there. Yeah. A place with no internet. We put out like 20 episodes. Yeah. Um, all right. My number three is going is going to be a shout out to Cam. Cam's Super Bowl halftime rant after Super Bowl 54, right? 54? Yeah. Super Bowl 54 was hilarious. We started talking the game. We got into the game, you know, breaking down the Niners and the Chiefs. And then the the halftime show came up and Cam just went off saying, you know, how it was his favorite halftime show ever, how just just the most ridiculous things, just things about uh, Shakira and J-Lo. That was one of the funniest moments, I think, of the show. I think that was Cam, your your best moment was just your freak out about the halftime show. That was my one of my favorite recordings, favorite episodes ever. So shout out Cam on that one. That's my number three. Cam, go ahead. Wow. Really appreciate that. Gonna tear up a little bit. Um, didn't make my list just because I'm humble like that. But <laughs> I remember it. I've listened to it probably like three times now because it's been brought up a little bit. And I did the little, oh, I'm glad I have to let her Her hips certainly do not lie. Um, Dylan, Tony Pollard. Fudge. He just scored a really, really long touchdown. That's not good. Anyway, God my damn number... it, Cam. <laughs> I'm on my delay. Number... <laughs> my number three is going to be ball drop tape. Yeah, I knew this. <laughs> uh, this almost made my list. 
Um, it's gonna be my favorite take forever, and it's a it's a comparison too. We compare things to it all the time. Things that are just crazy, outlandish, never gonna happen. And I I dropped the ball drop take, and I just the the reason it makes my list is just because when midnight hit, I was not thinking about. You know, it's a new year. Congratulations. I had a bottle of champagne in my hand. The number one thing on my mind, and I looked at Trey, and we said it together, ball dropped. <laughs> the ball look of, drop. I just remember the look of dejection on your face. I was like, ball dropped. And you just, you just, you just were sad. You were a sad man. That's a, that's a solid one, Cam. I, the, the best part of that night was just looking up at the TV and the ball was dropped. And it was just sad. Um, certainly a ball drop take. Uh, Tuck. Yeah, um, this is going to be my worst take of all time. Will be my number three. It was saying that Cam Newton was better than Tom Brady. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I went in really high when we signed Cam Newton. I felt really <laughs> confident. <laughs> I felt really confident in him. Said he was the most talented quarterback in Patriots history. Um, Might have been wrong about that. Uh, due to the fact that he got cut. But, uh, yeah, you know, you can't win every single take, and that was probably my biggest loser I've ever had and the most memorable of all my takes. Um, It was right after the Seahawks game, after he balled out. No, I'm pretty sure I said it before the season. You said he was the most talented. You did not say you, your take that he was better than Tom Brady came after the Seahawks game. Yeah, that might have happened. Yeah. Yeah. You said Tom Brady loses that game, which I agree with. Tom Brady did lose that game, and Cam Newton also lost it, but lost it not as bad as Tom Brady would have. But you had you had a good train of thought there. Um, it wasn't that bad. It was a good train of thought. Execution poor. <laughs> uh, Dill, number three. Um, number three, I'm going to go with the Wasties. Last year... Uh, one year of uh, Wasted Takes, doing the Wasties, specifically uh, winning Take of the Year for uh, the Olympics are going to be canceled. I mean, that was a far-out take. Nobody believed me. Uh, COVID drew the the Olympics away from us that summer, and uh, we felt good about that one. Um, not, not, not in terms of humanity, but in terms of myself. A little bit selfish for that, um, putting it at number three, but um, all in all, the wasties and and the and the no Olympics take. Yeah, my number two actually is the wasties as well. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed making the wasties. It was a little bit uh, rough shot. We had a, a blanket as our red carpet. Uh, we had a live studio audience of two people. Um, we had technical difficulties, things falling over in the first minute, um, champagne getting spilled places, um, but. It was a lot of fun to, to kind of do something different for the show and to mark our one-year anniversary. And I'm looking forward to the, the second annual Wasties coming up. But, uh, yep, the Wasties are my number two. It was uh, one of the most fun times I had recording a show. We had a live, uh, an Instagram live video, too. Hoping that one day uh, we can get the Wasties to be even a li- even better. Uh, I know Cam might not be around this year for the Wasties, so well, we might have are to... I, I would love to do suits. I'll, I'll do I'll do anything for the way. I love the wasties. I'll 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 get a limo for the wasties. Uh, hopefully the wasties. You know if we keep going, hopefully to episode two hundred. 
we'll, we'll have another good uh, couple wasties in us. My God. You all right, Cam? Tucker, just don't, don't know. I haven't gotten there yet, Cam. <laughs> Cam. I know, just keep watching your TV. All right. <laughs> Cam, number two. Number two, two connection, me and Trey. Number two, I'm going wasties. Uh, oh, my God, he hurdled them. He fucking hurdled them. <laughs> um, I think it might have been the last time we were all together. I think maybe so. Not, maybe I think so. Maybe over the summer at some point. I don't know, but <laughs> Wasties was awesome. You kind of mentioned everything, the live video, people commenting, people mad um, that one person didn't win over another person. And... Um, is that Connor? Just just being all together and putting on a show and having some sort of audience that we knew we were listening, actually. <laughs> so, Wasties is number two. Yeah, Connor was tilted after the Wasties. Connor was... Well, we don't... Do we have a... We don't have any... We didn't have any guests this year, did we? You call this homophobic. Yeah, we didn't have actually. any guests this year. Guest of the year might no, be... No, I don't... Oh, we had Simon. We had Simon for soccer. It might yeah. be an easy one. Is it just going to be Simon for Waste uh, Guest of the Year? We got to get oh, someone. John came in for a second at one point to uh, comment on my your condiments. Oh, yeah. Okay. So we got John and Simon on. Maybe we can get another one next week. I'll see if maybe Sam wants to come on next week. Um, yeah. Oh, we need we need to get Bailey on too. But Yeah. Oh, yeah. For like a real guest appearance. Yeah. Um, all right. Tucker, number two. Uh, number two, I have Heritage Studio Nights during COVID. Those were my savior. Uh, I saw, like, the same people every day for three months straight. And, like, having, like, new people in the building, hanging out, drinking, having fun, you know. It was, like, honestly, it was kind of, like, just very refreshing when you saw the same people every single day having some new people that rotated in and, like, to talk to was an awesome experience. Just having people around during COVID was just so relieving. Dylan, number two. Um, number two. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the introduction of List Guys at number two. Um List Guys was not a topic that we had since the beginning. Um, Cam brought it up. I, I, I don't even remember what exact what yeah. exactly prompted it. He just like he's a huge list guy. Cam loves making lists and yeah, wanted no, to make lists. Cam, on the we're pod. gonna have our own podcast. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's <laughs> and we and we brought it to the pod. We put it at the end of the podcast, and that's that's literally like the 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 one thing that people actually engage with is the list guys. Um, so um, I look forward to it every week, even though I come up with my list literally as it's going on. I didn't know this one until we're doing it now. And I, I don't think about it before. It's just, just comes up natural. Um, but it adds a little bit of spice to the end of the episode uh, for the past probably like 35 episodes. So list guys, the introduction coming in at number two. I've been, I've been telling people, you don't if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, don't. Just go to the last 20, 30 minutes and listen to that and you'll enjoy it, I promise you. Um okay, my number one is episode one. Uh we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know what this podcast was gonna be. We knew we just gonna sit down and talk sports for about an hour. 
Um, we kind of had our uh, listening back to I've listened to episode one when I listen to any other episodes just to see how much we've changed. Obviously, we talked about Dill not giving any input. We, we, we turned to him and said, Dill, what do you think? And you're like, I don't really care about this. Go on to the next thing. Um, and now Dylan is, is a integral part to the show who always has stats and knowledge for us. Um, you had us just screaming over each other the whole time. Um, I think my intro to the episode was, hi, welcome to Wasted Takes. I, if you're even listening to this, I don't know how we put it up. I did not know what an RSS feed was. I didn't know anything. Uh, we didn't have any sort of format to the show, which I think is a good thing sometimes. I think sometimes we're a little too formulaic, but it's hard when we're not all together. So um, just just getting sitting down, would not think we did 100 episodes um, doesn't feel like we've done a hundred done. feels like we've done maybe 40. <laughs> so many of the episodes have just gone right out of my brain. But, um, just to think that there's a hundred episodes of us talking sports up there. Uh, you know, if, if we ever, you know, when we stop this, it'll be nice to just know that that's kind of there for us and to go back and listen, you know, maybe way down the line, just pick a random episode and listen. What was, what were we talking about here? But, uh, episode one, I think was, you know, landmark to getting this thing off off the road. We talked, Kirk, how about Kirk Cousins? I said he was a bum. You guys said he was great. Went to the bar, watched him lose in a primetime game, took that nice picture. Um, and overall, yeah, just, just episode one to me is, is a special moment in Waste Takes history, obviously. It's the beginning. And, and that's my number one. Cam, number one. Yeah, number one is number one. Uh, episode number one is going to be my number one. Like you said, Trey, we've, well, a little bit of a connection here, um, some may say. But they do. you kind of mentioned everything. I mean, just the initiation of it. And to be honest with you, we didn't kind of quit. We came up with the idea like two weeks before we actually did the first episode. And like, for starting our own podcast with no experience, no mics, nothing, there were very, very minimal issues. Um, the biggest thing was us talking over each other, and we've gotten better at that. And uh, even though it's over Zoom, but episode one, I've listened to it probably five times now. When I'm in the car on a long drive by myself, I'll go back to episode one where we all started, and a hundred episodes later is pretty insane when we get to 104 which is the two-year mark it's it's going to be crazy um glad we're here and uh to everybody listening all one of our viewers um shout out sam Wah. Shout uh out mark tucker one shout out john that's all three that we know about <laughs> um number one i have the wasties um, as you guys might or might not remember, I was Wasted Taker of the Year. Um, was. I know that. Your reign's coming I to am. an end. No, I know. I am Wasted Taker of the Year. Thank Correct. You, Correct. I appreciate that. You are. Yeah, I am currently the Wasted Taker of the Year. Uh, you know, this year, Trey put out a bunch of takes just, Patriots are good at football, and whoa, he won. Dylan's, at, Dylan's right behind me, too. It's not that's, like it's a that's runaway. It's crazy that you said 10 <laughs> weeks that the Patriots are good at football and you won 10 weeks of uh, ways it takes. But uh, that's beside the point. Um, yeah, the Wasties was so much fun for me. I didn't 
really know what they were going to be, but uh, the whole act of it was a lot of fun. Can't wait for it this year. Probably didn't my number one take. My number one moment of the, our second year of Waste Takes will be the Wasties this year. But yeah, Wasties were an incredible time. Uh, excited to go back to a year two. Dylan, you're number one. Uh, number one for me, uh, I don't know how to put this, but, um, just our, our engagement. I mean, like, obviously it's not a lot, right? Um, but a hundred episodes, we've had 10,000 downloads. That's pretty good. I don't even thousand downloads. I don't even know how that stat is measured, but I go onto the RRS and it's literally nine thousand nine hundred and seventy-two. That's pretty damn good. So, and the last I want wait wait I want twenty-eight downloads of this last episode. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. We gotta hit ten k. Like in the in the last thirty days, we've had a hundred and twenty-five. Which is not great, but that's no, that's so much. I would guess eight. That would be my guess. Four of us, and then four other people. <laughs> which is I don't which, I I've never I, done this. And I, no, this is on the RRS. Like this RSS, comes, so, no, no matter all platforms. It's, it's uh, downloaded from. Yeah, exactly. So ten thousand all time, um, which is no, insane. Can you, can you check the Spotify because it just came out this like yesterday or whatever. The Spotify interactions. Um, Where do we rank on Spotify I was, I was Dead last. Streams, <laughs> hours, listeners, countries. Yeah, it has like countries. Oh, I'm actually curious about that. Yeah, we can do that at a different really point. Cool. You can do. We can do that later and, and figure that out. But go ahead, Dill. I'll do it uh, now. I want to see it, Dill. <laughs> but just in general, like I'll, I'm getting it up right now. But as I'm talking, um, in general, just like even if we send out a a poll and we get like 25 votes. It means that at least 20 other, 20 other, 21 other people are, uh, are voting on the, on the poll. So, um, that, I mean, it, it's cool. You know, we're, we're doing this for fun. We really don't care. We're doing this to just come together as, as a group of four and, and talk for at least once a week to just stay in touch, you know, and, you know, we get some other people that are at least slightly interested in it. Um, so, you know, it, it's just great to see that even with us not really trying for anything like that, that some people do care at least a little bit. So number one for me is the fans, the, the few, and the proud. And, <laughs> and, and that 10,000 10, all-time downloads, is, it's, kind of, it's kind of ridiculous. So um, that's, what, that's, what, that's what my number one is. I 100%, that's a great one, Dylan. I 100% agree that like every once in a while somebody will come up and say, hey, Hey, wasted takes. What's up? And sometimes they're clowning on me, and I'm like, haha. Other times I think they're clowning on me, and they're like, no, legitimately, like I listen sometimes and I I enjoy it. I'm like, that's awesome. That's all I want to hear. Like we know we're not, you know, the the tightest operation here, but we we do it for fun, and we're glad that some people out there enjoy it. And uh, we hope you guys ride with us for the next hundred. Um, but yeah, I 100% agree. I forgot my honorable mention was was episode 13 when I was on Perks and something else was going on. So, some other, oh, shit. Someone was sick or something and it was it was a mess. It was a disaster. I listened back to it once and I was like, I don't remember saying any of this stuff. I, I remember on that episode, I, remember that. I was I was 
in that episode, I was like, oh, Brady's not going to the Bucks. No way. And then the next episode, he was on the Bucks. Um, but yeah, episode 13 is my honorable mention. Um, yeah, that's uh, all right. So that's episode 100. And here's to 100 more, gentlemen. Thanks for getting getting together with me every week. This is always fun. Um, and thank you to everyone who listens. We really do appreciate it. Let us know if you listen. You know, drop drop a comment on our tweets. Drop a comment on our Instagram. Share it with a friend. You know, just, just if you want to hear guys talk about sports. And if you want to come on the show, let us know. We'd be happy to have anybody on, I think. So, um, but that's Waste to Takes episode 100. Cam, we got to figure out a punishment for you. Tucker, you still have to eat saltine crackers. Um, but hit us up on our socials. Big points for the next couple weeks. Big points in deciding Waste to Take of the All Year. All points are worth 10 the next week. Uh, nope. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Tucker, you'll get to award the next Waste to Take of the Year. I, Cam, you might be out of it at this point. But we'll see. We don't. You never know what could happen. Yeah. You never know who could miss who could miss a punishment or whatever. Cause anything could change. But make sure you're checking us out on our socials. I got to do our, our list, guys, for three weeks. I haven't done it in three weeks. I'm a lazy bum. But uh, thanks for 100 episodes, guys. Thanks for getting wasted with us for 100 times. And we will see you for episode 101 next week. Bye. Sounds good.